So uh, for the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to uh, just do things a little bit differently as I try to introduce the series that we're entering into for a couple of months, which is uh, really about a promise. And we're, what we're going to do over a couple of months is look at the journey of God's people out of a place called Egypt, where they'd been stuck for a long time, uh, to a place that God had promised them, which in biblical terms, we, we tend to think of as the promised land, but it's actually, as we know, it's in a modern-day Israel, largely. And, and without trying to go into all the, the, the ramifications of that for what's going on today, the real issue that we want to understand is how do you hold on to a promise? How do you hold on to a promise that's been made? And, and what, what is a promise? And when God promises something, what's that like? What was it like then? And by implication, we want to know, so how does that apply to us today? And there are really two reasons, uh, two aspects of doing this. One, because we ourselves, as a church community, are in the middle of this transition, a journey, and we are following some sense of promise from God, and we're taking steps all the time. So we um, most of you will have read the letter that we, we sent out at the end of last week, and it outlines some of the steps that we're, we're taking now that are current. And in the middle of all that, you know, it could get really worrying if we lost sight of the promise. So, um, just with your, your neighbor, preferably not one who's in your family, so maybe somebody else nearby that you can uh, talk to. Um, oh, all right, Sonia, you might have to talk to somebody in your family because she's sitting here between two family members. Just, just tell them about any kind of promise anywhere from anyone, could be family or friends or could be the Lord or something, a promise that you um, held on to, that you expected over a long period of time and then you saw fulfilled. Just, just have a quick chat with them and tell them. Take 30 seconds over each. Uh, and if some of you can't remember then maybe this is a good exercise to try and remember something where you've held on to see a promise fulfilled. Okay, that's it. Uh, finish the conversation later. We'll get back to the narrative. Shh. Thank you. The Bible is, is many things, and one of the things it is, is it's a, it's a record of how a group of people, a nation of people, and individual people have taken hold of something that God said, that he said, I promise I'm going to do this, and they have trusted God to do it. And there's a principle out of this that I want us to, to, to get hold of, and the principle is this, that we, when we're on a journey, we journey according to the promise we don't promise according to our journey. Let me say that again. When we're on a journey, we journey, we travel, we work according to the promise. We don't promise according to the journey or our experience or our capacity. In other words, it is the promise of God that is the underlying fundamental thing. And the story of Scripture is the unfolding 
of a promise. And we're going to try and, and skip through that now. And um, I, I've tried to do this in a, uh, a kind of... Um, <laughs> let me just explain, for those that know me really well. I was supposed to be doing this with Becky. This was an idea that Becky and I cooked up together. She tested positive for COVID on Monday, and, uh, and then I was left with a choice. Do I try and explain this to somebody else? Um, and I just thought, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, or do I try and do this on my own? And I thought, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, the second was the option I went for. So uh, I need um, some help, and I need the help of a postman. Um, because I have some letters here that I need posted. It can be a different postman every time. All you've got to do is go and find a volunteer. So I'm going to demonstrate, firstly, with somebody that I think is friendly. Um, Ashley's right in front of me, so I think he's friendly. So this here, on this piece of paper, says, God's instructions to mankind for living really well. So this is loving really well. Uh, yeah, and I wrote it. Uh, living, loving, it's all the same. Um, this is actually recorded on page one of the, the Bible. It depends how big your pages are, I suppose, but um, page one of my Bible. Uh, can you find somebody who you think could, could represent mankind for us so that they can open it and read it out? Here is my, uh, my, my COVID-compliant postman. Uh, and we found somebody who is mankind. Who is Chris? Who better than Chris to represent mankind? Right, Chris, open it and read it out to us, please. Have a massive family that will love the world really well. That's basically what God said, wasn't it? You know, go and have, go and produce lots and lots more people and go out and look after the world really well. But uh, most of us know things didn't go well. Uh, hit a bit of a, a pothole in the road, mankind decided... Uh, I know best. I can decide what's best for me. I can tell the difference between good and evil. I don't need God's help for that. I can do it all on my own. And basically, um, the wagon lost a wheel. Um, and so, God had to work on some kind of plan to bring it about. Now, really early on, most of you will know again, God promised, I'm going to sort this out. Um, I'm going to sort this out, and I'm going to sort it out through one person. But he didn't tell people how long that would take. And it, it actually it took quite a long time. But in the process of that, he came across a guy called Abraham. Uh, God's promise to Abraham. And God took the promise of putting things right. And this is, uh, and, and who knows how long. It could be thousands of years, could be hundreds of years. doesn't really matter. It was a long time until we got to Abraham. Who would like to deliver a letter to Abraham? So I need a post person. And you can select Abraham. Come on, don't leave me sitting here at the front for ages. Just get involved, folks. Come on. Great. Thank you, Phoebe. Okay, this is the letter to Abraham. You will have a massive family that will love the world really well. Thank you. By the way, did you like the picture? Yeah. You know, like when David Bertwizzle's pictures, he, he always paints himself. <laughs> okay? And in my pictures, there's always something there. Um, so... This promise gets transferred to a guy called Abraham. And Abraham was, was an amazing character. Uh, if you've read anything about him, you'll know that. But he wasn't perfect. He was just a bloke. And he made plenty of mistakes, just like you and I. And the promise was not going to be completely fulfilled in his lifetime. 
But God's promise is so strong, so trustworthy. When God says something, it's going to happen. I tried to follow that with my own children, and I determined early on I would not make promises to them that I didn't fulfill. And there's only one promise I've made to them which I haven't fulfilled, and boy, do they let me know about it. You know, every single time. And it's a promise involving Disneyland. So, um, but I've still got time, yes? Yes, thank you. Uh, there's an offering plate here at the front. If anybody wants to be part of me fulfilling that promise, you just let me know. So it moved on to the next generation, who was a guy called Isaac. Uh, so I need a postperson and an Isaac representative. Anybody at all? Oh, there you go, Sonia. Thank you so much. And who do we have representing Isaac? We have Paul. Okay, so same promise, but the promise to Isaac, as you read it in Scripture, is specific about where that family would be. It's not just you'll have a big family, but they needed a sense of identity of one, being part of the promise, and two, having a place. And having a place to establish their identity. That's really important for us at the moment, isn't it? Because we, I mean, we've got Lindisfarne, but we've taken a decision to think about putting Lindisfarne on the market and it was five years ago when we had a survey done of the roof that said you need to do something about this roof in five years time and five years ago the leadership decided hey we should really do something about this this roof which is either to to fix it at a cost of whatever it was hundred thousand pounds or something or to uh, to think about selling the building and uh, the process has taken that long we've been waiting over a year for the planning permission to, to come through so that we can, uh, we can fulfill the thing that we felt God saying. And that seems like a long time for us, but this was happening over hundreds and hundreds of years. Here's the next bit. Isaac died. He wasn't perfect either. Uh, didn't do too well with his kids on the whole. And, uh, but uh, Jacob, who was the most unlikely character to carry God's promise, if you've ever felt really unlikely to carry a promise. You need to read Jacob's story because none of you are as bad as him, trust me. Um, who wants to, to do this for Jacob? Oh, thank you, Phoebe. Look, I just he's so keen, so eager. Look at that. Oh, thank you. Who do we have? Mary. Mary is going to substitute for Jacob. Jacob Graham. All right, why is that significant? Because Jacob was just one geezer at the time. He was just one person. He had no family. He had no wife. He had no children. All he had was the rock that he was laying his head on. He was running away from his brother who he had just swindled. He was not in a good place. But the promise to him was this family will be here. I will bring you back. At the time, he was running away. But can you see, this promise is going on through one generation to another generation. Things that were said years and years ago, God was still moving toward. And sometimes, waiting for promises 
requires patience. And I think the Lord is quite deliberate at times in allowing us to wait because it then tests how much we trust him. It's not about the promise, it's about the promiser. Now, at the moment, all those characters have been part of the same family. We now switch out of that. We move forward uh, quite a long time, a number of hundreds of years, and uh, the family have got really, really big, probably a couple of million. And, uh, but then in uh, Egypt, they're enslaved, they're not having a great time, and Moses is the character God chooses to bring a reminder of his promise and to start to activate. And now we're getting close to the point where we see the journey that they're on. So um, who wants to help me here? This is God's promise to Moses. Oh, thank you, Alison. Yeah, God speaks out of a bush. Yeah, can you read it again, Daniela, please? Okay, so God's spoken previously from way up there, just in the highest heavens, because that's where God is, right? Yep. Okay, but now God's right there. He's, he's saying, I'm so close, you need to take your shoes off, because that's how special this land is, this place. And it wasn't even the land that they were going to inhabit. It was just special because God was there. And the promise to Moses was... What I said to this family is still true. You are going to lead this family forward. And this is a promise now which is you know, thousands of years old and is still not fulfilled. I'm not suggesting that our journey will take thousands of years. Um, I hope not, because uh, I won't be around to see it fulfilled. But when we are waiting... Uh, just if you've ever waited for God to fulfill something you think he said to you, just put your hand up. Okay. All of you, just about. And, uh, but you, you're still trusting God. So I'm imagining that you saw a measure of fulfillment of that, that promise. And God's people now were, they were a very different prospect to the, the one individual or the small family that God has spoken to before. Um, it's a really interesting tie-in here to, with the promise, you see, because the promise was, was carried by Moses. And what did Moses do when he led the people out? He, one of the signs was that God split the, uh, the sea so that the people could pass through. Much later on, we've got somebody else who is part of this chain of carrying the promise who's called uh, Elijah. Elijah. Elijah, and he also sees the water split to, so that he can uh, be part of fulfilling this promise. Elijah and Elisha are the two people from the Old Testament who appear to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, yes? Both of them have been water splitters, yes? When Jesus has a problem with water... He doesn't split the water. He goes on top of the water. And the point I'm trying to make is this. This promise holds good because God has not completely fulfilled it. He's fulfilled aspects of it, but there are still many things to be fulfilled that we are in the, the 
the train, if you like, of seeing fulfilled. So now we're going to switch from Moses, uh, probably a couple of thousand years further on, up to Jesus. All heard of him? Some of you had. Good. Great. Okay. Um, so the Father's promise to the Son. Uh, can, I've got so two more of these. That's all. I just need two more people. So uh, somebody, Joe, you've not been doing anything yet. You're just sitting there looking comfortable. Okay. So we've moved on a lot in the story. At one level, the promise was fulfilled. The family inherited their land. It was the promised land. And I haven't gone into that story much because we're going to do that over the next couple of months. But that was a, a picture, if you like, a representation of something uh, much greater that is the promise that we are all on the journey to inheriting. And the, the role that the son played in it was he would be the one that would enable us to receive it because we were still not in a position to know God in the way that he wanted. That's what Jesus did and enabled to happen. Now, that's why he's important to the whole thing. That's why as we, we move forward as a church, we have to keep our focus on Jesus because if we lose that, um, then we lose everything. We lose our, our reason for being. There's one last chapter to this, and I'm going to do that myself, actually. And this is... Uh, that's God's promise to all of us, that says, to mankind, the full, the final arrival. And, you know, where has God been? He's been in heaven, he's been in a bush, he's been everywhere else. If you get right to the end of the story, uh, the promises which are reiterated in Isaiah and Jeremiah and so many of the other prophets are that God would be together. And so that says, together, finally. And that's the direction that we're going. And the journey that we are on now is part of the preparation for that. The things that we learn now, the the way that we understand God's promises now, how we deal with those internally, how we handle doubts and uncertainties, all of that is building up treasure for ourselves, not just for now, but for eternity. Jesus said, don't store up treasure here on earth. Don't put your focus just on that. Focus on the treasure that you store up in heaven. In other words, how you live now will affect what is in the future and what is to come. All right, we're going to take a couple of minutes just before we finish. Uh, and I've got three uh, questions for you to uh, chat about together, which are, I'll have to turn around because I can't remember them. Um, how many of God's promises can you remember? Who can make the longest list? I just thought it'd be fun if we had a competition. See, who can make the longest list of God's promises? Um, so you can try and do that if you want. Uh, which is your favourite? Do you have a favourite? A favourite promise? I've got one or two. That are, they're, kind of, they're the things that they encapsulate for me what God's about. And I go back to those again and again and again and again. And it's not that I ignore all the others. I just I have to rely on those a bit more. And are there specific ones that you right now could say, yeah, do you know, I've got a sense of God's promise for this a sense that we're going to move to Worcester, a sense that we're going to be able to sell our house, a sense that um, we're going to see recovery from this uh, situation we're in, a, a sense of what I need financially or what I need for my, my future, a sense for, for what my thoughts are about further education or work or 
whatever it might be, that you're holding on to that. And I hope that seeing how God's promise can take people through generations and thousands and thousands of years, that the, the three months, the six months, the maybe even a couple of years that you have been holding on to something is just a tiny, tiny speck in that, and that God is faithful. And so if people have got promises that they're, they're holding on to now, and you're in a little group with them, just pray for them. Pray for them to reinforce their faith. Because sometimes it's tough holding on to things. Sometimes when the circumstances don't look like God's really being who he says he is, then we need to encourage each other and say, he is like that. He is faithful. You will see this. Whether it's you're praying for somebody in your family to, to come to know the Lord for the first time or something like that, whatever it is. So we're going to take five minutes to do that, and then we're, we're going to finish. So just get back into your groups, a quick conversation around these, and then we'll, we'll wrap it all up. Okay, let's see what we've got. Shh. Who's been making a list? Who's got a list of promises? We've had some folks down here. How many have you got on your list? Ten. Can anybody beat ten? How many have you got, Viv? <laughs> yeah, knowing there's 365 and remembering 365 are two very different things. Can anybody beat ten? Anybody got a list of more than ten? Oh, well, well done, folks. Well done, Vickers. Front row. Look at that. Don't sit in the front row for nothing. Let me just, let me just say this as we, as we finish. You know, it's, it's easy to get excited about promises of God, and that's, that's good. But the key is to get excited about the promiser. The promises are as strong as the promiser. And sometimes things don't go the way we expect. It didn't go the way uh, some of the people we've followed through expected but what marks them out is that they knew the promiser they trusted the promiser and he is the one we want to focus on let's pray father you are the one who makes promises and you make promises because you want us to understand who you are not just the things that you do but who you are that you are one who is good one who loves one who is kind one who cares, one who fulfills the things that he said he will do, even in the middle of the most uh, trying and difficult situations. And we put our trust in you, not in just your promises, but in you as the promiser. And we bring to you, in the way that we talked about the incense earlier on, we, our trust in you continually for the things that we need and to see you do and that we hope to see fulfilled around us thank you that you are good amen